to some of you, I am new here. Uh, I'm new to you, but to others, uh, my pastor here, though I always live in Africa. So <laughs> uh, we are so blessed to have each one of you, and uh, we believe God is going to bless us uh, through his word. And uh, if it is your first time to be here, please, you are most welcome. And uh, let us go deeper in the word of God and then you see what God has for us in the store. Amen? Amen. Uh, as all of us, we know, we are in our series, uh, Awakening. Uh, when I say that word, awakening, uh, you cannot awaken something which is not sleeping. So uh, if I want to wake something, it means someone is sleeping. So God has called us to come and awaken ourselves. So we are in the Awakening Series Part 3. And uh, we are going to go in Second Thessalonians. Uh, if you can go with me. Chapter 1. And uh, I'll begin from verse 1. For the context purposes. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, I'm reading from the New King James Version. To the church of Thessalonians in God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abound toward each other. So that we ourselves boast in you among the churches of God uh, for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulation that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which you also suffer, which is the righteous thing with God to repair with the tribulation those who trouble you, and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in framing fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he comes in that day to be glorified in his sense and to be admired among all those who believe. Because our testimony among you was believed. Verse 11. Therefore we also pray always for you. That our God who will count you worthy of his calling. And fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness. And the work of faith with power. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. And you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we bless your name 
and thank you so much for your word. We know your word is already anointed and blessed. Father, we only ask you to anoint us so that we can speak your word and we can hear your word clearly. May we, my Father, leave this place when we are changed and transformed and become the people whom you want us to be. Thank you for today. We live in you, Jesus, and we live to to declare that we are blessed today and forth by your word. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 So, as I've started by saying, we are on our series, Awakening. And I said, you cannot awaken something which is not sleeping. So, our title for today, Wake Up for the Reality of the End. That is what we are going to concentrate on. Wake up for the reality of the end. Our, sub, our subtitle, understand that Christ will come and all will be held accountable. The reality of the end, it is all about accountability. When Jesus comes back, the reality is all of us, we are going to be accountable. I am going to be accountable. And you, you are going to be accountable in one way or the other. Whether you are born again or you are not born again. This portion of the scripture is being directed to three categories of people. When I look at it and then meditate clearly on this portion when I'm studying, it is directed to people who are born again. Two, to the people who are troubling those who are born again. And uh, the people who do not know God. I don't know where, which category you fall into. But as we survey the scripture of God, you will identify yourself. Whether you are a Christian who is being troubled. Or you are a troublesome person. Or... You are somebody who needs salvation. Amen? Amen. So as, as we talk about the end, the reality of the end, uh, to most of us we have questions. Questions which come to our mind. One, what is going to happen next? Am I going to qualify when Jesus comes back? What is the reality? And what is going to happen? When we read this portion of the scripture which you have just read, Apostle Paul gives us some hints. And when I studied this portion of the scripture... There are three things which comes to my mind. One, we cannot run away from persecution, according to the scripture. We who are born again, we who are Christians, we who are called, who are adopted, we cannot run away from persecution. That is something which I discover. 
2, we are called to endure persecution by living a holy life. In the time of trial, in the time of hardship, in the time of persecution, that is the time when you are really going to know whether you believe in Jesus. That's when we are going to believe whether that's when I'm going to see whether I'm a child of God or I'm not a child of God. When a temptation and trial and a persecution comes, how am I going to respond? Apostle Paul in his writing to the church here is like is asking them, please endure and live a holy life. No matter what is happening. Number three which comes to my mind. When I read this portion of the scripture. Everyone will be held accountable. Of what he has done. While here on earth. That is the reality. Me and you. All of us. We are going to be held accountable. We are going to be held accountable of what we say. We are going to be held accountable of what we do. We are going to be held accountable of our behaviors. Everything which is around us, we are going to be held accountable. When I look at this portion of the scripture, that is what comes to my mind. Before we continue... Can I give you a fear in the blank? Our fear in the blank is, when a cross comes, the truth will be known. The first portion is Christ. The second is the truth. And the third, known. When a cross comes back, the truth will be known. When I meditate upon that fear in the blank, what is the truth? What is that will be known? When we are here, we have a lot of debates. Some of us, we believe in rapture. Some of us, we believe in end times. Some of us, we believe in persecution. Some of us, we do not believe. I don't care where you follow. But the the fact is, when Jesus comes back, he will answer all those questions. Whatever has been troubling us, whatever has been separating us, whatever has been separating the church, all the truth will be known at his appearance. Some of us will be disappointed with our theology. (laughs) When he comes, we will be shocked. But right now, let, let us try to see what the word of God says. I'll begin with these quotes. There are some two people here who who made their wonderful quotes, and you have them on your piece of papers. One, life is greatest tragedy 
is to lose God and not to miss Him. It is so painful when you are in the church and Jesus Christ appears and you miss Him and you lose Him. All your effort, whatever you have been doing, everything you have been working for, and you lose God within a millisecond, within a twinkling of an eye, you lose God. That is going to be the greatest tragedy. Another quotation. We have been adopted as sons by the Lord with this one condition. That our life expresses Christ, the bond of our adoption. Our life. Whether I am in the dark corner, whether I am places where nobody knows me, whether I am in Africa, whether I am in America, where nobody knows me, my life has to reflect the Messiah. My life has to reflect Jesus. And the people who sees me, they will know that that person He's being adopted. He's a child of God. He's changed. He's called by God. So wherever we are, we have one condition. And we will not run away from that condition. Whether you are at your home, whether you are at your places of work, whatever you do, your life has to express Jesus. That is the bond of our adoption. Accordingly, unless we give and devote ourselves to righteousness. Why are these people quote about righteousness? Because it is so important. It is a key to our salvation. When I am facing tribulation, when I am facing persecution, I really need to endure and live a holy and the righteous life. That is the only way people will know that I belong to Jesus. So, unless we give and devote ourselves to righteousness, we only not revolt from our creator with wicked deceitfulness but we also refuse our savior himself we also refuse our savior himself if we do not reflect the image of jesus in us The reality of the end is when we are faced with these situations, we really need to reflect Jesus. Jesus has to be the person who is living in us and through us. It is the only way. When Jesus was on the cross, 
He was going through a time of pain. He did not deny his father. He did not deny his creator. The matter of fact, he said, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they are doing. When you were on the cross, by the way, when Jesus said, pick your cross and follow me, what does it mean? It means one day you are, you are going to be nailed on that cross. One day you are going to be nailed on that cross. So when we are facing hardships, when we are facing hard times, we really need to reflect Jesus in us. So when we go back to our portion, from the first Thessalonians, we see Paul is rejoicing. Is rejoicing of the faith, is rejoicing of the love of the Thessalonians. In chapter 1, he has encouraged them to continue in doing such, to continue in love, to continue being patient. He has encouraged them. First Thessalonians chapter 4, he has encouraged them, please continue doing good, continue being patient. And he is also rejoicing that the Thessalonians have taken on his advice. That is second Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3. Pause satisfaction is all the greater. Why? Because he had been concerned about how they will cope when the time of persecution has come. What is now dealing with? Yes, now you are in the church. Now I am concerned. I want to give you words of encouragement. I want to encourage you so that you can live with it. So that you can persevere. So that you can see a blessing. So, so that you can see the outcome. He's so much concerned with them. How are they going to react? Then... Apostle Paul gives them the word of encouragement to persevere in what they have been doing, following his example, that the church should embrace and comfort those who are enduring persecution, both physical and more especially psychological. He's asking them, please comfort them. Please follow my example. I have endured, and you also, you will endure. So, those who have turned to Christianity from the Gentile belief, from their traditional religion, may experience, all of us, we may experience loneliness, 
we may experience rejection. We may experience a lot of things. And the people whom we have been associating with, they might stop to associate with us. Why? Because we have refused. We have refused to do what they have been doing. And then they begin to persecute us. They begin to talk ill on us. They begin to abuse us. When they begin to abuse you, how are you going to respond? How are you going to react? Are you going to say, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they are doing? Or you are going to retaliate? Or you are going to begin fighting again? Let me say this. When we are facing hard times, that is the testing moment. For me, that is the testing moment for all of us to know whether we are of God. Whether we are children of God. In the first encouragement, to those who are persecuted, concerns an immediate benefit in the here and the now. A good reputation and the influence among the Christians. That is First Thessalonians. That is Second Thessalonians, uh, verse chapter one, verse four. The Bible says, uh, "So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience," which means. They are boasting because these people, they have a good reputation. That they have, they, have, they, they, they have endured persecution. So Apostle Paul is boasting amongst the churches of God. Why? For their patience. Are you patient enough to endure the time of hardship? Are you patient enough to respond positively? Or you are doing vice versa? Paul says this in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12. That in fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. If I want to live a godly life, I need to make a line, a boundary. And when I make that boundary, the people who are on the other side will persecute me. But he gives us the first encouragement that the outsiders, the church, we, we are boasting that you are enduring. We are seeing your patience. You have a good reputation. When you are facing hard times, what is the outcome? What do people see? When we talk about end times, when we talk about the reality of the end, 
We as Christians, we will not run away from persecution. I'm not calling persecution to come, but in one way or the other, we face it. When we talk about persecution, some of us, we don't want to hear that word. But in one way or the other, it is there. So the second encouragement, which is on verse 5, which is the manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. This is the greatest encouragement I've ever seen in the Bible. When we are facing persecution, the Bible says, we may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. If I'm the person who is being persecuted, that thing has to ring in my mind. That statement has to ring in my mind and say, yes, Lord, thank you so much. I am counted worthy of the kingdom of God. Who is persecuting you? Is your family persecuting you? Because of Jesus? Let me, let me say this. There are some people who are being persecuted because of their stubbornness. When you are stubborn, you are, not, you are not going to be counted worthy of the kingdom. No way. The, the, the matter of fact, you have not known Jesus. You have not accepted the gospel. Because Jesus said, if somebody slaps you on the left, you turn even on the right. If he forces you to walk one mile, also go and walk the second mile. Amen? So, their suffering are immeasurable and unsought, but happily, they are the source of a blessing. They make a Christianist worthy of the kingdom of God. At his return... Christ will give them relief, which means deliverance and true fellowship. It means deliverance and true fellowship. Our pain for today, it is just minor. It is just mild. It is like an eye-opener that when Jesus comes back, it's going to take us. When Jesus comes back, we are going to really have a true fellowship with Jesus. On verse 6, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with the tribulation those who trouble you, then verse 8, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God, and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Apostle Paul here adds another detail of encouragement. That in his return, he will severely punish those who trouble you. That is the first category. That is our comfort. If people are troubling me, and I'm not retaliating back. 
I am only waiting for Jesus to come back and punish them. That is my comfort. The moment, the moment I begin to fight back, God will follow his hand and say, Okay, if you are fighting for yourself, fight. Let us see who is going to win. But if I leave it to God, I give him the opportunity to do his will, to do what he wants to do. So, we see here the first category. The people who are going to be punished are the people who are troubling us. If they don't change, that is the first category of people. In this portion of the scripture, we see another category of the people and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you are here and you don't know Jesus, and you are not born again, the reality of the truth is, when Jesus comes back, you are in for it. Jesus, he has listed you on the people who are going to be punished. Because the Bible says you are already condemned. You are already doomed. But I want to give you the opportunity, if you are not born again. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father unless he passes through me. Jesus is calling you. I don't want you to be punished. Those who are troubling us, maybe they are in, in the church. And they don't know God. They have not got the opportunity to come here today. But if you, you are here and you have got the opportunity to come here today, Jesus is knocking on your door. He's saying, if you hear my voice, open and I will come in. And I will dine with you. If you are not born again, my call for today, I want you to hear the gospel message. There are two things which you cannot do. There are two things which you cannot do if you are not born again. One, you cannot save yourself. There is only one savior who can save yourself. There is only one person who can save you. That is, his name is Jesus. The second thing, you cannot take yourself to heaven. If you want to be part of the people who are going to go to heaven, I am calling you to be born again today. Don't leave the doors of this church before you accept Jesus. Don't go out before you receive Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior. I am saving you from the punishment which is going to come. So when we go back to our message of today, we see two persecutions now here. We see two tri- tri- tribulations here now. We see we who are Christians who are being persecuted, who are being troubled. That, that is what I see. I normally term it as a partial tribulation. It is not compared to the greater tribulation, 
Which is going to come on the people who are very troublesome. Which is going to come on the people who do not know God. When God comes to punish the ungodly. When God comes to punish those people who have not accepted the gospel. I am not part of it. And that punishment does not belong to me. So, let me endure this period where people mock me, where people abuse me. If it happened on Jesus, what about me? I really need to accept that. And we, all of us, we really need to accept that. So, Apostle Paul here, he sang it to them. This is a sad and a good encouragement to all of us. That at his return, the Lord will severely punish those who are troubling you. And he's also going to punish those who do not obey the gospel. That is the reality of the end. These words bring comfort to, to those who have witnessed rejection. Abuse and discrimination as a form of punishment, as a form of persecution. We are being rejected as Christians because of our faith in Jesus. Our families reject us. Our neighbors reject us. Even the people whom you used to work with. The people whom you used to work with. They reject you. You feel so rejected. But we have hope. We have a greater hope, which is in Jesus Christ. If the people reject us, if the world reject us, Jesus will never reject us. Jesus will always open his arm and say, come to me. Come to me, you are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. That is what Jesus does to us. As Christians, this is what I I, I want us to know. We know that vengeance belongs to God. In the time of persecution, in the time of being rejected, be careful Of what remains in you. Be careful not to pick up the bitterness and the anger. Be careful so that you forgive those who have done you wrong. For people to know that you belong to Jesus is when you are able to forgive them. It's when they, they ask you, who has mocked you? And you don't respond back. That is what Jesus did. But in the church today, we have Christians who do not forgive. We have Christians who are full of resentment. We have Christians, they have bitterness. Because their fathers, their parents abused them. Because their husbands, their wives, their children abused them. They are coming every day in the church. 
and they go back when they have not forgiven them at all. When they have not forgiven them at all. Listen to what here the Apostle Paul says when I'm about to, to finish within a few minutes. He says on verse 11 and verse 12. Therefore we also pray always for you. That our God will count you worthy of his calling. When you are facing through hard times, persecution. There are people who are praying. It is an example of the church. The church we need to pray for those who are being persecuted. And our prayers should be directed that God should count them worthy of their calling. That they should fulfill their purpose. That is the kind of prayer which we need, all of us, we need to pray for. Verse 12, he says, actually verse 11, and fulfill all the good pressure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. Listen, verse 12. That the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you. That the name of Jesus may be glorified in you. The reality of the matter is when you are facing persecution, when you are facing hardship, may the name of Jesus be glorified in you. May we bear the fruit of the Spirit continually. That is what Apostle Paul is encouraging each one of us. May we continue, may we bear the fruit of the Spirit which is love, joy, patience, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, source, everything. When we are facing that time, it is the time to kill the flesh. The Bible says, when you are in Christ Jesus, you are a new creation. The old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. My problem is, when the Bible says I'm a new creation, but when I'm still living my old life, that is where my problem is. It means I'm not a new creation at all. Second Peter 3.14 says, that so then, dear friends, Since you are looking forward to this day, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Our main concept for today is people don't just go away with stuff. They will have to first cross at his glory and every knee will bow down. And every time confess that Jesus is Lord. Whether you are born again 
whether you are not born again, when Jesus comes back, you will bow down. You will cry for salvation and you will not have it by then. Jesus has given us this moment of time in life to change. Jesus has given us this moment of life to be transformed. It's my prayer for each one of us. This is our challenge, all of us. We must do things today in light of tomorrow. We must do things today in light of tomorrow. That's my final challenge to each one of us.